Welcome to On the Agenda, the podcast version of Agenda Alexandria. We are really pleased to be joined by the city manager of Alexandria, James Parajan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're here today to talk about the potential revision of the master plan. Um, there has been no solid decision about whether or not to dig up this old 1992 master plan and throw it in the garbage can and write a new one. Um, that could happen, or maybe it might not happen. We don't know at this point. And so we're going to talk to the city manager who actually has a background in planning and I'm sure has a lot to say about it. Um, before we get to your recommendation, Mr. City Manager, let's do a little one-on-one. -on -one. What exactly mm -hmm. is a master plan? I think a lot of our listeners have heard this term, um, but it might be fuzzy about the contours of it. What exactly is a master plan, that we're, especially in the context of what we're talking about here? Sure. It's, it's a good question. And, and to your audience, there's lots of citizens that struggle with these terms. I mean, as planners, we use these terms uh, interchangeably, whether that's a master plan or a comprehensive plan. But essentially, it's the blueprint for the future growth of the city. Uh, it's the, the vision document that uh, identifies the aspirations that that community has as to how they want to grow, how they want to uh, uh, have systems in place to uh, really be effective and successful for uh, the betterment of the community, both the residents and businesses and visitors. So it's it's a it's a critical document. It's one of the most important documents a city can produce uh, because it's it provides certainty to the community as to what is that community about, what's it intending to be, uh, what's it intending, what's that future look like. So I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers have heard lots of discussion about a small area plan, and we have many of those in Alexandria. And then there are also, there are these sort of sub master plans. There's a transportation master plan. There's an affordable housing master plan. Mm -hmm. There's a public art master plan, sort of what's the distinction there between the bigger master plan that you just outlined and the small area plan and these cross-cutting plans? Sure. So again, great question. When you think about the master plan, the master plan, again, is that big blueprint. And as you, as you think about these other dynamic plans, which is a small area plan, you might hear the word corridor plans. You also hear, uh, I think you use the word cross-functional plans. What I, what I use those terms are basically those are system plans. You know, how are you going to provide transportation services? How are you going to provide housing services? How are you going to provide the types of services that the community needs? So when you think about a comprehensive or a master plan, that's the big umbrella document. These other pieces are all complementary elements of the comprehensive plan. They get more detailed as you get smaller in the equation. So you have the large master plan, which is the vision. It's the guiding document. And then you'll have uh, elements like a small area plan that is specific to a geographic area. It's specific to the, some of the details that are unique to that specific area. And that always should align with your umbrella plan, your, co your comprehensive or your master plan, which establishes the guiding principles, how you want to grow, how you want to provide those services. Um, so the, the way I would think of it is almost cascading. You've got the big waterfall, and as as you kind of go down that waterfall, you have other plans that that are complementary and supportive of the adopted umbrella plan, the the master plan, if you will. 
Um, they don't work um, separately. They work together. Uh, the intent is always that they should, should align. Uh, doesn't mean that the, some of the details in a small area plan might be a little bit unique to that geographic area. Uh, but they, the, at the end of the day, you should be able to see a, a, a very clear line of um, principle between the master plan and the small area plans. Uh, and then the functional plans are really intended to support the vision that the community has. They're, they're typically, as I said, transportation plans, water and sewer plans. They're all more, perhaps more technical, and they're all intended to show how are the services to be provided over a period of time? You say they should align, but isn't that kind of why we're having this conversation now is that there is a concern that there is confusion and maybe that they don't align, or at least that mm -hmm. the developers think one thing and the city staff thinks another thing and the city council thinks another thing and everyone's sort of upset that, and, and maybe that there's some confusion and maybe they're not aligning. Is, is that kind of why we're having this conversation now? Well, I think it's always important. I mean, again, these are not stagnant plans. Um, they're intended to be evolving. So a part of that is as the community grows or the community changes, uh, the community um, uh, functions a little bit differently. Uh, the revisiting of some of those dynamic plans is really important. Um, now that doesn't mean that you have to do a wholesale rewrite of a plan. That also doesn't mean that, that they're, they're by nature the fact that you might be looking uh, to see if they're aligned, uh, making the determination that they're not aligned or that the community doesn't support those plans. The part that I think is really important is you want to consistently trying to, to evaluate whether uh, the uh, guiding master plan is still appropriate for that community based on changing conditions, based on changing demographics, based on... Is it still appropriate for the community? Yeah. What's that? You said you want to make sure the master plan is still aligned with what the community wants. And I was just sort of turning that around as a question. So oh. do you think it actually is aligned with what the community wants? I, the, this I, master plan that we currently have from 1992. I, I think when you look at the master plan and the supporting documents, which would be the small area plans, the system plans, I think there's a lot of great work done. I, honestly, you know, I'm a pretty candid guy, and I tell you if I think they're off. I think they're incredibly uh, strong plans in many cases. Uh, I do think there is a community conversation that's important to have at this point. Based on my conversations with the community thus far in my short term here, my four months, uh, I have found that there's probably a need for some conversation around, you know, what are we really looking at when we talk about growth? Uh, you know, there's this question of, of where it's appropriate to have a higher level of growth and where it's important to sort of keep a more stable environment. And I think those are really important conversations for the community to have on a regular basis, not, you know, every so often, but consistently. And one of the things that we've talked about in, in whatever effort, if should council want to move forward, it needs to be highly community engaged. And that means uh, with our organized uh, organizations and federations uh, to people that are not traditionally part of developing master plans, uh, people that may have just moved here that really the term master plan is foreign to them. It, um, all their voices need to be heard. And so that engagement process is actually one of the best benefits of, of 
asking the questions about, you know, is the vision still still supported by the community? And I would tell you that based on what I've seen, there's a lot of great things in the current adopted plans, and including the small area plans. Um, and it's really valuable to, to confirm that uh, or to look at are there slight modifications or significant modifications that might not be necessary at that point. Are there significant modifications necessary at this point? I think I think uh, there are are is probably a need to uh, update some of the information and some of the vision components. So this council has been uh, very strong in terms of their priorities uh, during this last budget, those six uh, council priorities, and certainly taking a look at those priorities and making sure that they align into the master plan is really important. And that doesn't mean that the master plan has to be fully uh, revisited. Uh, we're really talking, if not to get too complicated, but the master plan has many, many elements. Uh, what is probably most important is the, the first couple elements. Those are the goals. Those are the guiding principles of how the community is, is to be as a future. And so when you think about council priorities such as climate change, recovery, equity, uh, affordable housing, those are big guiding principles. Having additional conversation around that with the community is part of a master plan process. So everything you just said there, equity, climate change, sort of the, the concerns that you might want to build into a master plan. If you think about our current master plans from 1992, that was a very different era in terms of all those items you just mm -hmm. rolled out. So you could, it's, one could make the argument that 1992, you got an old document, there's a need to update it. That's one way of looking at it. But isn't it also true that that's not the working document that's because it's been updated so many times. You know, mm -hmm. we've got all of those small area plans have updated that 1992 plan. And if you think about the affordable housing stuff, like the affordable housing master plan is only like two years old, right? You're, you're making the great point about the master plan isn't just the, the single document. The master plan includes those other supporting documents, it includes the updated affordable housing plan includes the transportation plan. That's my point. There's so many good pro good good elements that have already been done and they they've been done recently, not you know in 1992 that are current and so you're really not talking about a dramatic change where you have to you know throw out all the good work that's been done in the past even things that have been done fairly recently. One of the biggest challenges for people to grapple with is the master plan isn't just a single document. The master plan is a series of documents, is a series of information, small area plans, the system plans, those all are part of the master plan. And in, as cities uh, find themselves using a guiding document that may be two decades old, some of those updated plans are really part of the devolution of asking those questions, those real relevant questions to the community, and they get updated in uh, special geographic plans so that those that that implementation strategy can be specific to those areas and really carry out the broad vision around affordable housing or climate change or transportation choice, things like that. So they work all together. That's the part I'd love, love for your audience to to recognize all these plans are intended to work together. They're not intended to, to look, be looked at separately. And that's, that's, that's one of the things as planners, we need to make sure that the community understands that and 
that's that's a challenge sometimes because you see a plan from one one place and it looks like it should cover everything and the reality is all those plans go together but doesn't alexandria already have all of those plans everything you just said like you know the city has a pretty recent affordable mm -hmm. housing master plan and several recent small area plans so i mean I guess the point, the question I'm really trying to get to is, does Alexandria really need a new master plan, considering all of these plans that we've got that are already working yeah. together in the way you just outlined? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that decision is really up to the community and the mayor and council. I would tell you that, you know, given what I have seen in my short time here and, and certainly the, the information that I've been able to receive from, from the community, is that I, I don't think that a, a, a significant overhaul of a master plan is necessary. I think that uh, some refinement and some community conversation around some of the the significant guiding principles, whether you know to confirm that that's clearly the way that we're going to be moving in the future, uh, or uh, in many respects, it's also an opportunity to further educate. These are not easy topics sometimes for people to understand how they work and not work. And I think as uh, planning professionals, uh, when you think about a master plan or a master plan update or a modification of uh, that conversation, it's really critical that you have it regularly. You, you and, and I think, in fact, what I've seen is Alexandria has had that conversation on a fairly consistent basis. What what a update might do or a, a revision or a, um, a slight refinement would be the community conversation to confirm or to refine uh, what it's meant by a guiding principle around affordable housing, for instance, or a guiding principle around transportation choice. Right? So, so you beat me to the punch because I was going to ask you, Mr. City Manager, for your recommendation. Yeah. Ultimately, this is City Council's decision mm -hmm. whether or not to move forward with a new master plan. I was going to ask you about your recommendation to the City Council, but you beat me to the punch because yeah. just now you said you do not think it's necessary to have a significant revision to the master plan, although you said a slight revision might be necessary. Ex explain the distinction there. Yeah, so as I said, I think there's a lot of great work that's already been done, and and I see the execution or the implementation of uh, some amazing work that's been done. And this is a city that actually has achieved many of the things that they've we have aspired to. Um, but that doesn't mean we're done. And it also means that sometimes having an additional conversation around key issues or key topics that uh, people need to be able to voice their opinions and thought process and feedback on, uh, that's part of this, what I'm calling this refinement or update of a master plan Slight process. refinement, which is confirming the things that are there or questioning whether or not they're still relevant. Exactly. I, I don't think you, I, I would not necessarily suggest that um, all that work that was done in the past, let's say around transportation, the transportation plan needs to be revisited because I think it's very solid and it, it really does a lot of the things I think the community is very supportive of. Um, but there, there may be, uh, opportunities where the community needs to weigh in. And I think it's just, it's a healthy thing. By the way, I, I advise all communities to, um, you know, look back at, at the adopted plans that they do and the adopted, adopted documents that they put together to 
just check in. Are they the right plans? Is there conditions that have changed that might require a refinement? Is there maybe a new state law that may be informing us as to maybe a different way of looking at something? Those are all the kind of conversations you would want to have during what I'll call an update or refinement process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a significant update of a master plan, you're talking about several years. Uh, you're talking about a very, very large, significant process where a lot of the great work has already been done. I don't think it's necessary, but that's just my opinion. Well, let's do a thought experiment here and get a sense of sort of, you mentioned it would take several years, it would cost a lot of money. I want to make sure I understand sort of the pros and cons, essentially. So one of the issues here is what happens to all of those old plans, which I think you raised. So if you have a new master plan, what happens to that transportation master plan? Is it thrown in the garbage and eclipsed by the new master plan? What happens to the two-year-old affordable housing master plan? Is it thrown in the garbage and eclipsed by the new master plan? No, not at all. Um, because I would tell you that those plans that you, you referenced that are relatively recent and very relevant still, um, they would inform whatever the refinement would be for the guiding principle. If there is a need for any refinement, it may simply be that, no, those guiding principles that were embedded in the 1992 plan are still solid. Uh, It may also be that perhaps the language in those 92 plans need to be clarified so that it's a little bit clearer to the public what is that vision, what's the intent behind that. Um, So you're not throwing out the old plans. In fact, I would tell you that many of those plans are still very relevant, including, let's say, small area plans. Those small area plans were done with a pretty significant community involvement process. Engagement of of that part of the community certainly um, has significant recommendations and actions that and steps to carry that plan out. I don't see a reason to throw those things out. I, you don't you don't remove the the plan just because it's old. If it's relevant, you keep it. If it's not relevant any longer, you you look to refine it and update it. So let's talk about pros and cons here. And I'll separate them out. Uh, first, you, first ask you about pros. So um, I'm getting the sense you you don't think a major revision is necessary, but assuming that's the direction the city council wants to move in, what are the benefits of having a new master plan? If, if you're talking about a brand new start over from scratch master plan, you know, one could argue that um, that's a that's a, a, a 100% look at everything that the city would want to do in the future. Um, Typically, that's done where the community is not in a built environment. It's a very new growth community where there's very little uh, established already. There's really no footprint. It's a, a emerging growth community where you really need a detailed master plan to establish that vision. Um, the pro would be that's what you could get. Um, the con of doing a large-scale start-over master plan is there's a lot of great work, as I've said, I've said this several times, that uh, really seems unnecessary to have to go back through that because, one, Alexandria is a relatively built environment, has amazing attributes. Um, It mixes uh, the wonderful history and the strength of the architecture with some new opportunities that exist in parts of the city. Uh, It's a very diverse population that has a lot of different interests. 
uh, and this is a city that's got a lot of choices and a lot of opportunities. Those are all built into the, the existing plans. I, I don't see a reason that those you would want to unravel that and restart. And you're really not, you don't need to restart, I guess is probably the biggest reason I would suggest that you don't need to scrap everything and start over because there's been tremendous investment of time and energy and the community's voice has been heard in many of these plans. What I'm really talking about is the pro of looking at uh, and just asking the question regularly, are we on the right track? Is this the right approach to take on these major guiding principles? And is my is my blueprint still correct or do I need to modify it slightly so that I'm moving in the direction the community wants. And that's essentially why you would do an update or not do an update. You know. So one of the arguments that you hear in favor of doing a new master plan is that there's this tension that the developers say, you know, they create these these proposals and they follow the master plan to the T and they flow, they follow all of the plans and then staff is pushing them for more, even though they followed the master plan. And then city council is not happy with the plan. And so like everybody is essentially unhappy and there's a sense that there is confusion, that these plans aren't really speaking to each other. They're mm. saying sort of different things and pointing people in different directions and that the revision might have all these pieces work in alignment in a way they're not currently aligned. Mm -hmm. uh, is that, do you, do you think that having any kind of revision, whether it's a, a, a wholesale revision or even a slight revision, is there a way to fix that problem? Well, I, I haven't experienced what you're just describing. I, I do believe that the small area plans and some of the execution of that on a, as part of the development community's responsibilities to build uh, to those plans. I think I've seen fairly significant efforts in that in my short time here. I, I, I don't think there's a misalignment with that. I do think that this is a city that values uh, quality development in a, at a very high level and also is absolutely looking to uh, make sure that uh, the, the guidance that we have in our adopted plans um, and the needs that we have in this community, that the development community is is certainly supportive of, but we also want to, where there's opportunity to see if we can go a little bit further than just the minimum. We can go a little further than one step, but we also be, need to be cognizant that there's there's limits to what a developer can achieve on a, on a particular pro property, because it's their property to develop, it's not the city's. Um, having said that, I have seen really great cooperation on part of some of the development community as well as the as well as the the community at large trying to find ways to work together so that the common principles of affordable housing or transportation choice or injection of arts and culture happen so I see them aligned. I don't see them terribly separate. I think there may be differences. But hasn't there but hasn't there been cases recently where you've had developers follow all of the plans to a T and then the city council is still not happy with it. And so there's somewhere, there's a misalignment of something. Well, it, I'm not sure there's a misalignment. It could simply be that, you know, the developer feels this is a, the level at which they can achieve that, that, that goal, that need. And the council and their evaluation of it looks with community input feels like maybe there's a little bit more that can be achieved there because again, it makes the community stronger. And that's the beauty of our public process. You get a chance to 
articulate your opinions and your input, and ultimately your representatives get a chance to weigh in and make that final decision. I think that's actually a healthy tension because ten, it tends to make those projects a higher level quality um, as long as you do it in a sensitive, thoughtful, respectful way. And I've seen that consistently in our city. Uh, doesn't mean that there's differences of opinion and feel like, geez, I wish I didn't need to do that or I wish they could do more. Um, that tension I've seen in my 33 years, it's a constant one. And it, it's not going to change whether I'm in Alexandria or some other city. It's a, it's a normal course of, of, of action. And I think it's, it's that thought process of trying to continue to ramp up the quality just a little bit more. And I would tell you the city's done quite well with that from what I can tell. You mentioned your three decades of experience. Let me tap that. Uh, and I'm wondering if you have worked on any you know, major master plan revisions in your time in working in planning in the years mm -hmm. that you've done and sort of talk a little bit about your own personal experience and how that worked or, you know, maybe sort of the pros and cons there. Sure. So I, I have had that opportunity several times to, to do that. And uh, it's an invigorating and challenging process at Altogether, um, it's 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 uh, it's one where the biggest pro of that is you get engaged with the community at a level where you develop relationships, you develop an understanding of the perspectives that the community has. And when I use the word community, not everyone in each part of the community in a geographic area is going to think the same way. But the beauty of that is as a planner, you get a chance to try to mesh that all together so that there is a common vision. may not be an exact 100% common vision, but it's it's a pretty common vision for the, the entire community. And that's, you can be successful at that, you should feel really good about your profession because that's a big deal. And I've had a chance, fortunately, to do several of those, and it really does make a difference to the community if you're able to, to do that. The community bonds together during that process. One last question, quickly, because I think we're running out of time here. What should people, uh, what should people keep in their mind when they're thinking about this debate about whether or not to move forward with a significant revision of the master plan? I, I think taking a look at what do you think is most important in the city, and recognizing does that do you see a place of place in, in the current master plan and supporting documents that reference that, that highlight that as a potential, not just a potential, but a direction that the city is moving. And if you see that, that's great. If you don't see it, then having that conversation in an update or a refinement process is, is important, you know, because all those voices need to be heard. Great note to end it on. We really appreciate your time. Alexandria City Manager James Parajan, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. This has been On the Agenda, a podcast of Agenda Alexandria. This program has been presented by ALX Community. Learn more about ALX Community's modern co-working spaces at alxcommunity.com. We're also grateful to the Zebra newspaper for our live stream support make sure to visit thezebra.org to subscribe to their newspaper. This concludes our 2021-2022 season of this podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for our upcoming 2022-2023 season.
This is Ricardo Alfaro, outgoing chair of Agenda Alexandria, and on behalf of the Agenda Alexandria board, we thank you for your support. Please consider becoming a member today for our next season at agendaalexandria.org.